0: It is another special edition of Locked On Guardians. We have one of the more interesting pitchers in the Guardian system. Can't wait to have a chance to talk about, I think everyone agreed, the biggest breakout arm that we discussed for the Guardians in 2022.
1: You are Locked
0: On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jeff Ellis. Uh, again, we're not going to say our background stuff. Uh, I did a lot of draft coverage back in the day. I will say, doing that, uh, I was not shocked when the Guardians added our guest today. Uh, they, you know, the control numbers and the things like that that we talked about, uh, you know, recently with Tim Heron on the show, uh, definitely popped. I was surprised through the course of this year just by the constant improvement. But we'll get into all of that very much on today's
2: show, Justin. I'm Justin Ladd. I do a lot of prospect writing, and that's uh, how we came to know our guest today, Tanner. So, uh, Tanner, Bobby joining us. What? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for taking the time for us. And uh, yes. how are you enjoying your off season? Obviously, it was a good season for you. You've earned some uh, some time off with how how well things went this year.
1: Yeah, it's been a good off season so far. Uh, had a lot of fun this season, but obviously, it's good to get away sometimes. It's good to go back home, see some family, some friends, and now it's kind of to wrap, wrap it back up and get back at
2: it. How are you dealing with your newfound fame? Because I mean, you've, you've made the rounds on some Cleveland podcasts and uh, you know, when you got drafted, I mean, it wasn't like you were a low draft pick, but you know, you didn't really have like a lot of maybe fanfare like uh, Williams and uh, Nikhazy and some other guys did, but now you are like, every, everyone knows your name now. So how are you dealing with uh, your newfound fame?
1: I, I wouldn't call it fame, <laughs> but I mean, it's cool. It was, I mean, It's cool, but, I mean, fame doesn't really mean anything until you make it and start doing well. So, I mean, I've kind of just been rolling with it. Uh, It's fun, but the fame doesn't really matter to me that much, honestly. It's about being in the big leagues. So, yeah.
2: I mean, a lot more people just know your name now than they probably did a year ago. Yeah, (laughs) probably. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, I, I have to ask a question. I'm kind of curious about this because... One of the things when we kind of look at players and discuss them is, uh, the, the correct like heights are never listed. Uh, <laughs> whenever you find measurables, they tend to be off. So when I was pulling up your, your perfect game information, I was kind of curious, uh, um, if this was correct or incorrect data that during your senior year, it had you listed at five foot nine, did you have like a late growth spurt? Or is that just completely incorrect data from that time period?
1: Uh, I mean, it's wrong, but I did have a late growth spurt. <laughs> like, I think my senior year, I was probably like six feet tall. But I think my freshman year, I was like 5'5". Five, five, and my sophomore year, I was like 5'8". And then ever since my sophomore year, I was like 5'10 and above. But I was 5'9", probably during the time of a showcase or something like that.
0: No, it's It's always interesting because sometimes, you know, we're going to ask you about like kind of the the jump and stuff this year, which, uh, you know, you've always been a fantastic pitcher. Like when you're added to the system, I think, you know, most people talked about like, uh, you know, just the, 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 intang- not necessarily the intangibles, just being a more of a polished arm, but then we saw 97 and before. So, you know, a- as the podcasters, we sometimes try to connect dots there, but, uh, uh, before we get into all of that for fans who didn't get a chance to see a pitch this year, um, can you describe like what you're typically out there throwing on the mound?
1: uh so most i mean every outing it's fastball slider change of curveball um kind of try to throw a rising fastball slider off the slider off that change up off that and curveball try to steal some strikes and we get some swings and misses lefties
2: i think one of the things people would have picked up i know i picked up throughout the year and, and actually your your dad pointed some of that out to me too um you really learned to, to double up on on your off-speed pitches too i mean you were throwing Two o change ups, change ups this year. You were throwing back to back change ups. You were throwing to right handers. I mean, that's is that have you always been like that, or is that something new? And and it's kind of surprising to see from uh, just a pitcher in their first year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was always smaller than everyone. Like I said, I was like five five my freshman year, and my dad was always a bit ad- like a big advocate of like once you grow, the power will come. Like learn how to pitch now, so when that power comes, like you have both. And that was one of the things he's always taught me was throw all your stuff for strikes, fill up the zone, be able to have good off-speed stuff, and it'll make your life a lot easier.
2: I have to go back to to the first time I think I ever talked to you was I think you had a was yeah. it a grad transfer to, to Texas Tech? Was that what it was going to be? It was a grad transfer to A and M. A and M, that's what it was. I knew it was Texas, yeah. and I remember like reports, and I was like, oh, this you know he seems like a guy at Cleveland would target and. And you had that transfer, and I was like, oh, this is a more notable name that's that's going for a transfer. And you messaged me, like, hey, I'm still on the draft board. Like, I'm still available <laughs> to be picked. And I was yeah. like, all right, well, cool. I don't want to say I predicted Cleveland taking you, but I was like, all right, well, hopefully I'll get a chance to talk to you when they, they take you. And yeah, uh, just a few months later, how, how early on did you realize Cleveland was was pretty serious about drafting you?
1: I mean, they we talked um, a little bit out of high school, and I don't think they ever made any offers out of high school, but um, – COVID year they offered me in twenty twenty and I ended up turning it down and wanting to go back to school. But I mean they, they were interested from me in me from kind of the beginning. Them and two other team or them and some other teams were the ones that are interested in me from the beginning and they kinda of like never wavered, which kinda of respected a lot. And I really I've always heard good things about it and my agent raved about them. So I just wanted to get drafted here.
0: And that had to be a a really strong decision to to go for the twenty twenty one draft. Um, you know they they clearly put a high valuation on you by taking you in the fifth round, uh, a round that's produced Chris Archer, Stephen Kwan, uh, Alan Embry, uh, Julian Merriweather, some some big names for them. Uh, leading up to the draft, were they the team that you thought was maybe most likely to draft you? Did you have any other near calls? I. I have a few friends who are agents and it always feels like on draft day, things can change in a yeah. second.
1: Yeah, I mean they're I think the one team I thought that was gonna take me was the Cubs. Um the Cubs almost took me in twenty twenty. Um but they took Luke Little, the guy who threw like absolute fuel. Super hard. Right? Yeah, super hard. And I thought they were gonna take me this last year. Um, but they ended up taking I think someone on their board there was uh was the guy from Arkansas, I can't remember his name, the outfielder. And, I mean, it worked out for the best. I think that this was the best-case scenario for me, at least. I wanted to come here and get developed. I wanted to come here and get a lot better, and I think it's working out so
2: far. Let's hope it keeps going. Yeah, you got better in a, a short amount of time. I mean, you were already a good pitcher. I know you and I talked about this uh, back in, during the season, but just kind of explain to people – who, who might have misinterpreted what I said, what you said, or uh, just who, who don't know that, you know, you went from a guy who most people would have said was like a command and control guy. And, you know, you threw, you know, up to 95 or whatever close to that in college. But now you have like, you know, great pitches across the board. And you, I think you hit 99 at one point this year too, right?
1: Yeah. I think it was, uh, I hit 99 twice in Lake County. I think the difference um, between me in college and me now is just, like, I, moving better, I think, um, I mean, I think moving better kind of freed up some stuff that kind of like, kind of started the domino effect into like throwing harder, moving faster, all this kind of stuff and just training the right way. I think like, whether it's like being explosive off the mound, um, in college, like you said, I was only like, I'd probably say, I mean, up until my senior year, I was like 88, 91 and my senior year, I went to driveline after I didn't get drafted and I ended up being like probably like one to three, one to four, maybe hit a five every once in a while. But I think with that combined with the development here, I think was is what really made me take the big jump, whether it was like in stuff, in velocity. And I think the, the mindset thing with Fullerton, they're really good at developing mindsets, whether it's like on the mound, off the mound, like character-wise, you really learn how to like, it's like you either adapt you, or you die there. And I think, um, and I think it's like it's a tough, it's a tough thing to like adopt, but I mean, the people that come out and they adapt, I think they're way better for it.
0: I, I always think of Thomas Eshelman. that's that's the picture that always comes to mind just because I think he walked like five guys in that junior year, and it was just he was interesting to watch. We have to take our first break in the action here. We're gonna come back uh, and continue to get to know. You know, one of the the players that we on this show, we refer to the big three pitching prospects um, by our our ratings and metrics. So you get to find out more about one of those players that we kind of put in that upper tier of prospects on today's Lockdown Guardians. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. And that first sponsor is the National Highway uh, Committee. You're hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. It's okay. No big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. Total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think... It's okay to drive after a few drinks and think again, play it safe, plan ahead, get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive over or get pulled over. Uh, and I wanna apologize. I laughed in the middle of that because for the first time in maybe my life of doing these, I forgot to write down the timestamp. Uh, but again, important message, take it to heart. Our listeners, be smart. Um, as we uh, get back into it, Justin, why don't you take next question?
2: Well, I was going to say this for later, but I, I guess I kind of have to ask now because um, that just came into my mind again. You mentioned some sort of jacket, I think, that when we talked in Lake County this year, <clears throat> that you were wearing that that, gave, that you seemed to have some success with. So I got to ask. Well, maybe you can tell people the story of that, too. But I have to ask. Do you think it will make a, a return in 2023?
1: I mean, when it's cold in Ohio in <laughs> April, I mean, it's definitely going to make a return. I think when it got hot, I stopped wearing it because it was just not fun to wear outside but um it's just this like this lululemon jacket that i bought and i wore it one day and i just pitched really well in lake county and i was like let's keep riding with it i'm kind of a superstitious guy so sometimes like it's like little stuff like that it's not everything i've kind of toned down a lot but like stuff like that it's just like "Eh, let's see if it works it did so
2: (laughs) gotta hang out of that jacket
1: (laughs) yeah
0: so in uh 2021 when the guardians drafted you a lot of outside world was focused on like the angels drafting, nothing but pitching. Cleveland wasn't quite that they had 21 picks and I think they drafted 19 pitchers. Uh, What was it like coming in with that many arms? Did you know any of the, the pitchers at, at, you know, to any degree coming in or is it just, I mean, most were college pitchers. Uh, So it was, it was one big group of seasoned players joining all at once.
1: I mean, it was – well, I heard a lot of stories about – I mean, like, usually in a typical draft, like, a couple years ago, it was 40 rounds. So I think – I mean, coming in with 20 people, I was like, "Jesus, this feels like a lot of people. But I couldn't even imagine 40. Um, And all of them having pitchers, it honestly didn't feel weird because, like, we pretty much, like, did everything together. We got put out in Arizona. Like, there was 19 of us. And I think – I've said this on, like – other stuff where we, like, bounce ideas off each other. Um, I knew I knew Denholm coming in here. I knew Davenport. Um, I knew of Boone. I played against Miller. Uh, I knew Petway. So I think it was, like, those – like, a lot of those guys, I mean, it was kind of easy transitioning because I knew so many guys from – because they drafted so many, like, Big West guys, big, like, California guys. Um, and it was just – it was easier than you would think. And it was, it was a fun time adjusting with all those guys.
2: What would you say? I mean, obviously when you got, you had great a lot of success in Lake County, when you got to double a, you know, half halfway through the season, I want to say it was about halfway through. Yeah. Um, really didn't miss a beat in double a. So, I mean, could you identify any of the differences between hitters and approaches and things you had to change from high to double a. Cause I mean, like I said, you're, you had just as much success in double A as you did in, in high A.
1: Yeah, I think um, the only differences I really identified kind of early on and some, like, tips I got from other people that, like, have made the jump from high to double A is the the umpire zones kind of get a little tighter. I think they become a little more, like, disciplined. They come a lot better. And I think the hitters, they don't chase as much. I, um, I noticed, like, you could throw a, like, 0-2 slider and so – some guys, if it's in a good spot, some guys are gonna swing at it like 80% of the time. And in Akron, it just felt like that wasn't the case, and that just means that there's just better hitters with better scouting, better, better scouting report, better eyes. I mean, those are just the two things that I kind of noticed, and I was like, okay, like we gotta we gotta get acclimated to this, or else it's gonna be a lot more difficult than it needs to be. So that was just kind of the two things that I noticed.
0: I I have to ask as a kind of a follow up to some of the you know connections and stuff. Uh, when I we, you know we mentioned before we were looking into your high school. Did you have a, he's a little bit older, but former Guardians pitcher Kieran Lovegrove was listed as having pitched there. Did you have any knowledge or uh, uh, you know it just he was when just and I were both covering the minors, so we got to spend time but I think he's about five years ahead of you, but it was like, uh, you know, was he a known player? Is there any connection at all with, uh, with him?
1: Yeah, I think he was, I think he graduated high school when I was in eighth grade, I want to say. Um, but I knew of him just because my coach talked to him, talked about him and how he got drafted and how he was like really good. Um, I knew he did a lot of stuff with like advocating for minor leaguers, which I mean, we definitely all appreciate. Um, But I think um, I've heard he's a good dude. I never actually talked to him, never met him. But I would love to. And I mean, if he went to Mission Viejo High School, I mean, I think he played with um, he played with Patrick Sandoval. I know that Mm because I played I played with Patrick Sandoval uh, when I was a sophomore, and he was a senior. And I think uh, Patrick was a year younger than him or two, so I think he played with him.
0: It's quite a chain of pitchers there. Yeah, (laughs) really. Three of you. Uh, going through
2: yeah and well, what the program looks like now now they've got a lot of success stories to to look back on has your coach called you in to talk to talk to his teams yet
1: uh, he actually retired so my uh, he retired I think in 21 I think he retired the spring of 21 um, he was I mean he he was there for I think like 20 plus years and I mean he was only like he's still a young guy but I think he was um into teaching. And he wanted to spend more time with his kids. And my dad, um, my dad retired from, or not retired, but he just stopped coaching at Mission once he retired too. So, so yeah, he hasn't talked to me. Um, or I, I have talked to him, just not talked to me about going to talk to the team.
2: And I know you mentioned we talked last year too. You said uh, growing up, one of your guys was Zach Grinky and now you kind of look at like Walker Bueller and Tyler Glass now. But I'm wondering, like, who did you? who did you watch growing up? I can't remember who you told me back then, but uh, who did, did you have a team growing up that you liked and, and players you liked uh, just to watch? I mean, you did mention Granky, obviously.
1: Yeah. I liked Granke. Um I was a Dodgers fan growing up. So, I mean, I like, I liked watching Kershaw, but I couldn't really like, he was never like my favorite player. Cause I was a righty. He was a lefty and like, he was always really, I mean, obviously one of the best pitchers of our generation, but, um, on the Dodgers, I didn't really. Other than Zach Greinke, that was kind of the only pitcher I really like looked at, and I was like, "Wow, like he's he's unreal. Like he's really cool. Like he doesn't like overpower dudes. He just kind of like, just like picks you apart." And that was that's, that was part the dude. And I was growing up, like up until high school, up until Walker Buehler and Tyler Glasnow kind of came into the fold, where I was kind of looking at, and I was like, "Wow, this guy's really
2: good." And uh, well, I mean, you can't get any tips on how to pitch like uh, Kershaw from from Will Dion.
1: <laughs> well, dude, I remember I can't I can't remember if he was messing with me. Uh, it was me and Hunter Stanley were talking to Dion one day and he was like, I didn't even know Kershaw through like that. And I was like, What are you talking about? I think he was messing around with me. There's no way.
2: Yeah, he said he said that was supposed to be like a uh drills for him, how to like to gain more control or whatever. It wasn't supposed to be something he took into the game and then it worked so well he just took into a game but he didn't realize like how much he was pitching like Clayton Kershaw like he so he yeah. says he really didn't know that was exactly like his delivery
1: yeah oh yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got your own you know your own mini version of uh of Clayton Kershaw you get to, to pitch next to or you didn't well no no you didn't make you were in Akron by the time Dion got to Lake County yeah I
1: didn't cro- I didn't cross over with him at all this year
0: uh, you know, speaking of like moving through the levels and that, was there any either in college or, uh, you know, in the minors so far? Is there any hitters that have stood out, uh, that you know, particularly difficult for you to face or, uh, maybe just had a different look that, uh, stood out over the past few years?
1: Yeah, there was two dudes. Um, my freshman year, I pitched against Nico Horner and that dude, uh, and he was at Stanford and that dude was the hardest, like one of the hardest outs. And when you got, when I've like, when I, mean, I finally got him out for the first time, I was like, "Oh my gosh, thank God!" And then uh, this one last year, uh, Andy Rodriguez on the Pirates when he was in Altoona that he's a hard out. He's a difficult out.
2: I don't think you were the only one on Andy because I I think I was just watching some highlights a few weeks ago and um he got a few of you guys in Akron. I think he got to Indianapolis too and. Got to a few guys in Columbus. So I don't think you were alone in that one. I think he, he had a pretty good year against Cleveland Pitchers, unfortunately. He had
1: a lot of homers this year.
2: Is there anybody in the major? Well, Jeff, we have we have to run to break before we Yeah, we'll
0: take a quick break okay. and then Justin will come back and get his questions. Sorry. I know it's a fun conversation. It's it's a lot going on. I gotta be the uh the, the driver of the ship to make sure we uh we go through the points. But we're gonna take this break, come back and you know, keep peppering with questions. Uh, on today's Locked On Guardians. And our next sponsor is my favorite. We're not supposed to have favorites with sponsors, but, uh, you know, Bilt Bar bribed me for years with free bars, and now I spend my own money on Bilt Bars. And because it's the season for it, they currently have cookie dough topper, coconut brownie batter, coconut brownie topper. And I have seen, yes, here we go. They have the candy cane brownie, which was a personal favorite of mine a year ago. Of course, you have to like candy canes, but they put real candy canes on top. Uh, they're reveli- revolutionizing nutrition, as we you know it, with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories—just 130 calories per bar. I, uh, I am, like I said, this is the one where I can honestly say this is a product I buy. This is a product. Yes, I started with the free stuff, and now they get my money, which says I think all you need to know about how good the product is. If I keep going back, there's for a reason. If you want to get some built bars, use the promo code LOCKED15 that saves you 15%. That's the best discount I've seen anywhere on the product. So lock 15 at dot bar.com. It's the best tasting protein bar I have tried and I've tried many. Okay. Justin, after I cut you off, which is, you know, <laughs> if someone has their locked on guardians, bingo card, Jeff cuts off, Justin, uh <laughs> cat jumps into frame. We're, we're getting there.
2: We're crossing off all the, all the marks here today. Now I was going to say, uh, we were talking to Tim Heron yesterday and he had mentioned that he grew up a Tigers fan and uh, loved Miguel Cabrera. And we, and he said maybe that'd be cool to face him in the majors. So do you have any hitters that you would really like to face, or maybe would not like to face whenever you uh, do get the call?
1: Oh gosh, I mean, I feel like a very obvious ones like Mike Trout. I feel like that'd be really cool. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I would, I wanted would want to face Pujols, but he obviously just retired. Um, I'm trying to think of like old veterans that have been in the league for a while. Um. Yeah, I'd probably have to say Trout. I mean, he's probably going to end up one of the best players ever. And the fact that I could possibly tell my kids one day, like, I'd, yeah, I'd pitch against that guy. Like, that'd be really cool to say.
2: Not looking forward to facing Nico Horner again, though, in the majors?
1: <laughs> I mean, we'll see. I feel like I'm a little different. But then again, he's he's an established big leaguer. So I'm sure I'm sure he'll get me, and I'm sure I'll get him. So...
0: You know, with the, the balanced schedule, everyone plays each other now, right? Isn't that how it's going to yeah. work yeah. out? Yeah. So that'll be a, a chance to play uh, him. Oh, go, go ahead, Justin. I think you had a point lined up.
2: Oh, I was just going to say, did you expect, I mean, you know, anything could happen, but you know, you obviously were in double A last year and um, obviously a organization filled with a lot of good pitching, but I mean, not too far off to think about that you, you know, could be in the majors fairly soon. Did you expect to make like yeah. that kind of rise so quickly?
1: Um, I, I expected to be, I expected to be good. Um, I didn't think it was going to be that quick, if that makes sense. Like I was ready for it to kind of like, I don't want to say like a long road, but I was kind of ready for it to be like, uh, like take some hits here and there, which I mean, I still did this year, but it wasn't as many as I thought. Like I was, I was honestly like very pleasantly surprised, obviously with um my year and how it went it was just a, I, like i said i was always expecting it to be good but i was surprised it went like it, there wasn't as many bumps in the road as i thought there were going to be
0: i was kind of curious um with you being drafted in 2021 cleveland often just has pitchers kind of wait out and, and start the next year like what it you know, is there anything that you can share? Like, is there any plans they put forth or things they mentioned working on after like, cause um, do you get some time in instructs? Do they, what, what occurs when you don't actually, you know, go to a site and pitch in games? What are they doing to help uh, get you, you know, uh, help with all of the parts of pitching?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think with everyone, it was different. Um, I mean, Everyone has like their like, quote unquote weaknesses with like their stuff or their body or stuff like that. And I think they just didn't want to rush us out, especially when most of us were, I mean, third year, fourth year college guys. And we've been there, been in college and thrown and kind of like, we know how to compete and they trusted us to know how to compete. And I think when they, when they kept us there, I think it was just to identify the weaknesses and pretty much get those, those like weaknesses as as good as you as we could just because the i don't know how good of a how good it would have done everyone if they just threw us out there it could have hurt some people's confidence it could have i mean someone could have gotten hurt you never know but i think keeping us in arizona after was one of the best things that could happen for me at least so i could really lock down like development and not really lock down like oh let's win you know
2: I think oh, yeah. a lot of fans, especially this year, like, you know, everybody wanted to see like Chase the and stuff like that. And I feel like a lot of fans are like, wow, we're the organ- only organization that doesn't send a lot of draft picks out to sites. But it sounds like the, the process they have sounds like it's really important and really helps you guys out.
1: Yeah, I can only speak for myself, but that's just what I think.
2: No, it's
0: nice for those fans to hear that because I'll say from us, Justin and I both heard a lot of complaints, but it's like,
2: no, there's a reason why. And like I said, they can hear right here. So you, you know, you're in October of 2021 you're you know, at Instructs and uh, fast forward to October, 2022, you get invited to the development camp. You know, you're hanging out watching some playoff games. That's uh, quite a jump in the year, but what, what can you tell us about that development camp and just, being able to be in Cleveland for the for the couple playoff series, and they had you guys up here.
1: Oh, we were only there for the last couple of games against the Royals, but it okay. was it was cool. Like I lived, like we lived near the stadium during our season, but it was cool because I've actually never been in there in Progressive, so it was cool actually, like being inside Progressive and kind of seeing the game, seeing how everything works. Um, but it was fun. It was uh, – we had, like, some exit meetings and stuff.
2: Okay, so I guess the development camp was just – I know in years past they've had guys talk to, like, current big leaguers and you guys get to see games and stuff like oh, that. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, we did that too. They talked to Kwon Jimenez, Henges, and Kwon, Kwon Jimenez. And, oh, shoot, the camera in the fourth one. Those three for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: What uh what did you pick up from them in your in your time
1: at uh at those meetings? Uh they just talked about like the rise to the minors and like what kind of helped them. And, I mean everything's different. I mean, you had quomp there who's a first league big, first year big leaguer in Hedges, who's like I guess considered an older guy, even though he's not that old. And um and just everyone's everyone's rise is different and everything everything someone does might not benefit the person next to them, but it definitely benefits them. And that's just something that they really talked about and want to like point
0: out. So it's it's definitely interesting for that perspective of like, like, so Quan hit the ground running um, better than anyone could have hoped, but for both uh, Henches and, and Jimenez, they hit some ups and downs. So it's, it's. I think with fans, it's always important to be like, hey, it's not a direct line of development. And that probably even with players that, you know, the the pressure is so high that it's it's got to be good to see that like, even if you fall, it's not, you can always get
2: right back up, I guess, is what I'm trying to get to.
1: Yeah, no
2: 100%. Did you get a chance to watch any of the playoff games then?
1: I watched them on TV, yeah, but I didn't watch. I wasn't, they uh, sent us back home after that. But those playoff games were, that was one of the most fun I've had watching baseball in forever.
2: <laughs> I know, I feel like a lot of guys always say, like, either they enjoyed playing baseball or they might have, you know, might have, not watched as much when they start playing because you want to get away from it so much. But uh, it's always cool to hear when guys actually do like watching the game when they're not on the field. Cause I, you know, obviously you want to get away and clear your head and not just be all about baseball all the time, but it's cool to hear that some guys do enjoy watching. I guess it, it's a little better when it's your team who's in the playoffs.
1: Oh yeah. And especially cause like, I mean, I know Quan was an instructs the year before uh, Will Benson was, and like a bunch of those guys, Freeman, a bunch of those guys on the team were, in arizona when i was in arizona some of the time so it's cool seeing them play on the field and like really succeed i
0: i feel like i have to ask the shane bieber question uh like <laughs> it just in the way of you know he was another california kid who was um kind of more you know kind of a similar story of like he was viewed as more of a command control and then took his leap uh with him being in the system like did you get a chance to talk with him at all when you were up or admired from afar or do you not to compare anyone to Shane Beaver, because that's never fair to anyone. I'm not comparing them saying it's a similar story. But like, is is there any degree of, you know, with what he has gone through, uh something that, you know, mirrors or maybe something you've looked at?
1: Uh I mean, and I've looked at it a little bit just because Shane Bieber is so good. But I mean, I've never thought about it like, oh, I want to like, oh, I want to be Shane Bieber. Like, I've never really thought about like that in that way, where it's like, I'm not trying to be Anyone other than like myself, but um, I think, I mean, it is kind of weird how like similar it is, but I don't think. I mean, we're. I, I'm guessing we're very different. I've never talked to him, I've never met him, but I mean, everyone has a different road. There's no way ours are exactly the same. So, I mean, if I end up like, like Shane Bieber, then great. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But um, everyone
0: will be very happy then.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing. I'm guessing our roads are not going to align exactly. And <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, totally. Well, before we let you go, I got to ask. I've been asking everybody, obviously, too. Favorite Christmas movie?
1: <laughs> Do
2: you have one? It's
1: either, either got to be Elf or Home Alone.
0: Well, yeah, can't go wrong I with either
2: like of if, those.
1: I feel like if I had to pick one, it would be Elf.
2: I would have to go. I'd have to go in the Humble Alone. That's a classic. I is. I know this. I is saw it in the theaters.
0: I'm old enough <laughs> to have seen that one in theaters as the old man <laughs> of the show.
2: I I think I was too. My my unpopular opinion is I'm not really a big Will Ferrell fan, so that's very really? unpopular. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just I never really got into that style of humor. Like he he's got good movies, obviously. I just don't know. That's uh,
0: I like physical humor. It does movie. it well. Yeah, I, I think know. it does it I, I'm going to disagree with you, Justin.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> it's two got, against one here. I knew it was an unpopular opinion. I said it was going to be. <laughs> um,
0: but uh, again, we want to thank you for giving us your time and coming on. It was f- fantastic to have you on the show. Um, you know, and you know, hopefully, we can talk to you again in the future. But again, big thanks from both of us for giving up your time uh, to come and talk about you know your path to, uh, with Justin and I, both feel the big leagues very soon.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, of course. Thanks, guys, for having awesome. me.
2: No, yeah. Have a happy um, holidays and uh, yeah. good luck with everything. We're looking forward to watching you pitch again in 2023.
1: Thank you. Have a happy holidays to you too.
0: You know, we're that's, gonna, the <laughs> that's the end. That's uh, the end. If you want to go to the YouTube, uh, we'll be there. But for the audio listeners, I want to thank you all for listening, rating, reviewing, downloading. It, it helps. Our YouTube is over 1100 fans now. Uh, amazing growth every day. So thank you. And go, go guardians go.